clean shirt, new shoes, and I don't know where I'm going to. Silk suit, black tie, and I don't need a reason why, 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 why. <laughs> they come just as fast as they can because every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man. Ah, Ron, thank you so much for opening the show, man. Nobody's done that one. That's great, man. Awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. You know, the I one would thing say I can it. This... Then they're not coming running for is my singing anytime oh, soon. No, that was great, Ron. Honestly, man. Uh, thank you so much. Welcome to the Construction Life. Really appreciate you being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here today. You uh, you want to let our listeners or our viewers know where we're calling you or where you're calling from? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in Emerald Iron, North Carolina. Nice. Nice, man. So we're going to let everybody know you're our first Zoom podcast recording that we're going to do. We've got another one booked this week. We're going to have bookings for all kinds because I want to start expanding the construction life conversation. We need to start speaking to everybody across America, everybody across Canada, start going global. The show's listened to all over the place. So we want to expand everything, man. I love it. And I'm glad to be the first one here. And hopefully we keep it all together and it doesn't go too chaotic or anything crazy. It won't crazy. go nuts. It won't go. It, it's all good, Ron. Just you want to share out the little deets uh, for everybody. Let them know who you are, what you do, the business, the nutness and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Ron Nussbaum. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Nutnest. And we're a customer communication platform for the construction industry. We're built by the construction industry for the construction industry. Awesome, man. So what's the website? www.nutnest.com. And to get and a hold of you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as well as any social media platform as well. Yeah, that's how that's how we connected. Yeah, uh, I think we connected on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah it was through LinkedIn, man. I came across you, you came across me, we got talking, that's like construction, construction started talking, and here you are, <laughs> days later, and all of a sudden you're on the show, which is awesome, man. Yeah, it is. Okay, so awesome, thank you for the introduction, I want everybody to know that I'm wearing the RBS Concrete t-shirt that they gave me, I really appreciate it, XL's the size, it fits comfortably, and it's black, and they got a Wicked logo, and, and they got their tr concrete trucks driving all over the greater Toronto area. So thank you, a huge shout out to them. But now, Ron, where do we want to start? Where, where was the conception or what's your background? How did you fall into construction and where did Nutnest all start? Yeah, so I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. So we got a hospital there where LeBron James, Steph Curry were born. I also was born there. So I think there's some magic right there happening <laughs> in that hospital. Uh, a lot of championships came out of it. But I ended up going into the Marine Corps when I was about 20... I think about 22, 23 years old. I spent four years in the Marine Corps. I met my wife while I was in the Marine Corps. And that's how I ended up in Michigan. I never had uh, any reference. I would go back farther north. And I ended up spending about 12 years in Michigan. And that's where I got into construction. Uh, I was looking for what does that transition look like? out of the Marine Corps. And I had always done like auto reconditioning and paint work and worked on cars my entire life. And I was detailing cars at a dealership. And I didn't think like that was what I wanted to continue to do long term. And this ad kept coming up on Craigslist, date myself a little bit there is, you know, <laughs> I was looking for jobs on Craigslist at the time. And it was for a foreman and training role. 
And I had no experience in construction. So I wouldn't apply and I wouldn't apply, but it kept coming up. And I finally, one day I was like, damn it, I'm a United States Marine. There's no reason I can't go be a foreman in training and learn construction if I want to. So I applied, got a call back, went and met the owner and he was an army guy. And he's like, hey, the reason I called you here is because I like Marines. I've always liked Marines. So the last two guys I hired just graduated with construction management degrees. And you don't have any of that, but I believe a Marine would just get the job done. If I show them how to do it, they would get the job done. So hired me. I ended up moving into uh, residential construction at that point in time. I spent my first day, my first 12 hours on a jackhammer behind an HVAC system uh, in complete misery. And I think one of the <laughs> reasons I stuck it out was because I had these guys that had just graduated from college as construction management and they were getting the job done. And I wasn't going to let them say, hey, we had a Marine that couldn't even cut it here with what I'm doing. So what time of year uh, was that when you were first tackling that jackhammer? Was it the winter, the summer months? Yeah, that was it was the winter time. Oh, it was so I, even I, compounded I, there. Huh? It was in October. Yeah. So, you know, we were down in a basement jackhammering the floor up and taking the concrete outside. So I then spent the nets about just about de- just over a decade working from every aspect from you know digging the holes to leadership and management and help running the company and growing the operation side of things and uh I took over a production department with about uh, about five four or five crews and when I moved out of operations and into sales we had about 26 crews in a service department there and I was really able to spend a lot of time just learning and developing myself. And it's been an amazing ride so far. And how that correlates me to what I'm doing now is all too often I heard, hey, from customers, I'd be out at a customer's house and they we have an escalated customer and we'd be talking and I would hear, hey, you know, your guys were awesome out here. Your company has been awesome. The work is great, but your guys' communication sucks. <laughs> and that never happens in I, construction. No, never. It not always at all. Happens, you know, man. communication know. is just flawless. So that led me down the rabbit hole because here I am. I'm trying to help grow and scale a company. That's what I'm being paid to do. I'm not being paid to be out dealing with escalated customers, but that's what I found myself doing because I was the highest chain to go do that. And as I look back on all the different customers, I could start pinpointing a singular point where there was a communication breakdown between the customer and the company somehow. Somebody dropped the ball somewhere. They had asked a question and they didn't receive a response. So that's where Nutnest was born out of, was to solve a problem that I was having. And what we do is we work as like air traffic control. And I direct communication from customers to the right people at the customer, whether you're a one to five man operation or a couple hundred man operation. We make sure every time that customer reaches out, they're talking to the right person that can give them a one cost solution on the spot for their problem. So I started developing this and then I was it it, it took me I'm like three years into this at this point in time now. So. 
it took me a couple of years before I even got any traction because I'm just Ron Newsbomb. I'm this construction guy, you know, trying to launch a software tech company. And I'm not from Silicon Valley. I don't have $10 million I just want to burn. So it's really hard to get your foot in the door. Like there's just not, it's just people laugh you out. Like they're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, great idea. I understand that that needs to be built, but unless you want to do all of this, we're not. So I was able to get connected with Jared Yellen from Project 10K. And I got accepted into the 10X incubator with Grant Cardone down in Florida about a year ago. And we started getting some traction. I got around some people that were like, yes, we're going to build this. This is what we need to do. So we bootstrapped this entire thing between me, friends and family, or not not friends, like family, we bootstrapped this and we've taken it to market and I quit my job. This is what I do. This is, you know, I, we sold everything, moved from Michigan to North Carolina. And I went full time into this because this is the mission. This is the passion. So Ron, I know you're getting way ahead. I want to learn more about (laughs) how you built all this, how you got into it. And I love, I love hearing anybody that just dives right in. Like it's it's almost you've got a much a, a different kind of perspective going in. You got fresh eyes going into this industry, right? Which is something that we always needed. I like shakers, I like movers, I like people that want to just rattle, you know, the whole industry and build new ideas. But when you were in construction, you're just getting started. Do is it right to say that it felt like a tsunami, like when you started seeing these little problems that would start to show up and you know that they were going to lead to much bigger problems and that they were completely avoidable. Was that the case? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So when you have a customer that is wanting to reach out or has reached out about something as simple as the color of something or what a procedure is going to look like, and they don't get a response because they reached out to say the sales rep or somebody in the office that has no idea how to answer the question. And then the ball gets dropped. And that's where you start to see that storm of brewing. I, I like to say it's like a fire. And that's the first piece of kingling that goes on there. That's is that really first time. Man. I like that. That's a really the, good reference. Yeah. Yeah, the first time that communication, it doesn't necessarily have to be miscommunication. Uh, It's just how the industry is designed. It's designed that customers don't have the access to the appropriate people. And that's by no fault of anybody. That's just kind of what the status quo has been for years. And so I would go back and look at just different communications and be like, all right, so... If Bob would have talked to this person, this would all have been, we would have never got here because it would have never, the fire would have never started. And then this would have never spired into this because that's what we always see. The compounding effect with customers in the construction industry is out of control. Like it, it compounds so fast from one little thing into the biggest problem. And you had a five alarm fire, the entire house is engulfed. And that can happen in a 24-hour period. I don't think there's any industry where it happens that fast. So, Ron, let me ask you, what is the number one constant reason why that problem starts? Why are these contractors, these tradespeople, why are they avoiding the communication? What is the reasoning behind that? 
So I think that that's where we're wrong when we think about that a lot of customers think that contractors and tradesmen are trying to avoid the conversation. I think there's just so many different ways that people communicate these days from text message, phone calls, emails, WhatsApp. I talked to the guy, a guy the other day that does all his messaging on Facebook. Hmm. There's so many different ways that the customer and contractors aren't on the same page. And that contractor's main goal is to make sure he delivers a quality product on time and on budget. And it kind of falls to the wayside when that customer might email the contractor a question and he's not even checking his emails because he's planning on getting text messages. So I think not having a singular platform that everything goes through causes the most problems. Are contractors, tradespeople, too fixated on the golden ticket? They're so focused on the work and trying to get that work accomplished that they can't be bothered. It's like, get away from me from the text communication. Get away from me from the DM. Let's, let me focus on my work. Are they, are they doing that? Is that part of it? Yeah, I don't think it's as much of that, but that does happen. It's like anybody, when you get in that zone and you're working, yeah. it's you lose focus with that. And I think when there's a lot of stuff coming at you, like I just was talking about how there's so many forms of communication. So when that contractor's phone's ringing, the text messages are going off, uh, he's getting email notifications, that becomes overwhelming because now it's like there's so much of it because it's it could be the same customer just coming from every different angle possible that's creating an overwhelming situation. So just by simplifying that, it relieves a lot of that pressure. And then a lot of times that person that's getting those calls isn't the person that has the answers. Yeah, so then true. they're like, why am I even going to answer this phone? Very true. I don't even have the answer. When I was the operations manager, I used to get people calling me all the time because they would go on the website and see Ron Newsbaum. Oh, he's the head guy of all the installation teams and everything. He has to have the answers. Yeah. Well, 95% of the time I did it and I didn't even know what they were talking about because that wasn't my job. So those phone calls would still come. It's about getting that to the right people. So then that when that phone call does come or that message comes to that individual, they're empowered to answer it because they know it's something they can solve. I've had this done before, Ron, where I've had clients text me. No reply, because in today's digital age, a text is sent, you figure milliseconds later should be a reply, which doesn't necessarily happen. Like if you talk to a drywaller or you talk to a towel setter, their hands are dirty, they can't touch the phone. Then you get that same client will leave a Facebook message. Then they'll get on Instagram and they'll DM you. Then they'll, the last thing, they'll call you after the emails or all kinds of communications. It's, it's just like a bombardment. Are we kind of a little bit to blame the clients too for thinking that we're 24-7, 24-digital platform accessibility? Is that part of it as well? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's three things that I believe that you need to have for good communication. And the first one is providing clarity. So being clear with the customer on what the expectations are for communication. And that's also having a platform. So the customer understands this is what we're using. Like if you don't reach, if you don't use this, I'm not going to respond because this is how our systems are in place. And number three is having those systems. So 
whoever is responsible for talking to the homeowner, you have a system in place that this is how they're going to talk. This is the dialogue we use in making sure that that is all uh, in conjunction with where the business is headed in the plan. Because I think the biggest thing that happens with communication is we hear all the time, I need more communication. And that, to me, after my years of doing this, is from a customer perspective, that's an emotional response. What they all understand is they feel like communication's broken. And the only thing they can say is, I need more of that. When in reality, what they need is better communication. They need to have those boundaries put out there, clarity set around exactly how we're going to communicate, what platform we're going to use to communicate, and you have to have the communication systems in place that that message gets delivered, whether you're the one doing it or it's the foreman on the job site. So Ron, do you recommend that every tradesperson, every business owner that's running residential, commercial, what have you, this mandate, let's call it a mandate, is implemented from the very first moment you meet these people. This is how you run your business, that this is important communication. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's you know, of course, I would prefer you to use the NutNest platform because that's what I build it to do. But if you say, hey, we're just going to use email or we're just going to use text message. So you're setting that clarity from the first meeting that you have with that customer, then there's that mutual understanding. And then that starts to give that customer some peace of mind because now they're not wondering. Because I think a lot of times we get the bombardment of all the different forms of communication because that customer is like, oh, we never talked about this. How were we going to talk? And then they send that text, nothing happens. And then they send that Facebook message or then they send that email and then they call because they're just trying to figure out how are we communicating? So if from that beginning, you're just clear on what the expectations are with the customer that says, hey, I'm solely going to communicate between email. Or uh, like I said, I'm would i I'm a big component of what we have built because it does solve a lot of issues. That's awesome, man. So I want to get into it, Ron. I want to talk a lot more about that. I want to figure out how that all came about. Where's the epiphany? Because you came up with this, right? And and. Yeah. It's it's very interesting that someone that wasn't in construction, but you got into construction and you saw the number one problem in construction is communication. So where was the birth of Nutnest? Like how what was that moment that you said, okay, this is how it's going to work? So I was just sitting down one night trying and putting all this together, and all of a sudden it just like hit me. I was like, this is an app for homeowners. Like if a homeowner has an app that they can have like a live feed, like a like a Facebook, Instagram feed for their project, and they have the ability to reach out to the right people at the co- company, that's how that would work. Like that's super easy. Any homeowner could do that. So I put together a PowerPoint presentation on how I thought it would work. And then that's what I used for like two years of trying to trying to gain some momentum and figure out how we can build this. And I spent a lot of money and time trying to get there. And like I said, it wasn't until about 12 months ago that I started getting that traction. So I think it was a correlation of it was weighing heavy on me because I was trying to figure out how I could make sure that I was doing my job, what I was being paid to do, which was continue to develop leaders, put systems in place, uh, hire and retain our employees and grow the company 
effectively and not spend my evenings or weekends at customers' houses dealing with complaints or any issues that arose that all they, I could track them back to that singular point of communication breakdown. And I would say, I, I was just sitting there and I was like, this is it. And I got on my computer and it's probably the roughest PowerPoint. I mean, yeah. it, it would probably make my song look good. <laughs> uh, what I put together, but I felt like I needed to get the vi- like my vision that I had onto something. So I'm a very, I need to see things. So I could take it from my mind and see it. And I was like, that's it. This will revolutionize how communication happens in the construction industry. So what were some of the key points on that original PowerPoint presentation that you jotted down? Yeah. So the key points is that air traffic control feature to where you can direct that communication uh, between the customer and the right person at the company. Because like I said, is, you know, 90, about 93% of your questions that come after the point of sale, that sales rep or that builder that was out at the house doesn't have those answers to that specific question. There's people in the company that do. So it was for scheduling or installation or uh, color, any any kind of these unique questions that customers have afterwards, I found the problem is they're reaching out to the sales rep. What a sales rep don't know, he's moved on to the next sale. He's closing the next deal, which is what you want him doing. You want him following up and making sure you have good customer relationships, but you don't want him answering all these questions that they don't have the answers to. So that right there, that was the overemphasis of what I wanted to build. And then became the feed to allow notifications for that homeowner of what exactly is happening on their project. So it's just a live feed as the con- as the contractor or builders upload their information in there or do any kind of updates. It's right there. That homeowner sees it, whether they're at that property or they're across the country because it's a rental property. They know exactly what's happening at the house. So you got a live feed. That's the idea is that you got a webcam there on the job site. No, not not a webcam. Just like when I say live feed, because it's like Facebook, Instagram. Where oh, that, so it's it's so you got a live feeded. thread going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that right there with the project. And uh, the one thing I did definitely realize when I was putting together the original bones of it is this has to be super simple. Like it's a communic- customer communication platform. We don't have to redo how messaging and everything happens. What we have to do is just get it all in one place and direct this traffic and keep it as simple as possible for the customer and the contractor. Because I think what we see all too often in the construction industry, especially, is you have a lot of big tech in Silicon Valley that gets involved and they build stuff for the construction industry that's not adapt. It doesn't work. It's not adaptable because it's they just built something that, yes, it has all these great bells and whistles and all this stuff that sounds really good on paper, but out in the fields, not it can't be implemented. It just doesn't work. Do you think that and, they built it for a bigger platform and they figured that it could just be scalable down to a smaller platform when you've got a one or two person business? running smaller jobs. Yeah. Were you talking about what is currently? Yeah. Like I, I've, I've been approached by so many apps out there and, and it's like what you said, you've got a lot of it app developers, all the computer guys, but you're, you're, you're forgetting 
construction. You're forgetting the core of construction. You're forgetting the tasks of the tradespeople. You're forgetting how the homeowner feels. You're forgetting all that stuff. As much as that's minor, I guess, in the development of the app, it's still a major component to the actual project. Yeah, I just I believe they haven't been there. Okay. Like there's no so they've heard, you know, a problem or there's it, the construction industry is so ripe for development and solutions. And it's a huge industry. So you have people that come in that have no experience or have never felt the pain. Like I like to say, I've felt the pain as the contractor doing the work, dealing with the customer. And I've also felt the pain as the customer having work done on my house. So I've been there. I, I understand what that looks like from both perspectives. And I think you have a lot of tech companies and a lot of uh, technology that's developed because they feel there's a problem and there is a problem, but it's not being designed by people that have felt that pain, that have that emotion or connection to what's going on. It's interesting that you bring that up, Ron, because just the other day, um, I'm 50 years old, right? So I, I, you're, you're not that far from me. You're probably a little bit younger than me or what have you, right? So it's just, uh, we, we kind of cross the same scenarios in life. And I'm, I'm envious of all the new technology that's out there now. And you start seeing new ideas and people bringing new kinds of, whether the industry is food, hospitality, or like whatever, it doesn't matter. But I find that with construction, it always reverts right back to the bare, simple, uh, principles of customer service like when it comes to construction and when i see new ideas come out for some whatever reason customer service gets lost it gets either translated incorrectly or it gets lost and i think that it's really important to still focus on customer service in construction and that's all you're doing is you're you're adding a digital component to a handshake so to speak yeah, absolutely. You're giving me the chills with what you're talking about. Because when, no, we, because when we both I, have been I, there, Ron. Like we both have been yeah. there. And when I think about technology in the construction industry, so everybody's like, oh, there has to be something out there. So all, all, all the closest thing we have to competitors are like the big CRMs. And the problem is, is that it's an afterthought. So they heard a complaint that we need a better way to communicate with our customers. And what they did was they built something out that sucks and no one uses. And that's what they all did because it doesn't serve that whole business they're in. Like we're not a CRM. We're not an Angie's List. We're not a lead. We are a customer communication platform. That's what we want to be great at. And People lose that. Like, so the piece, the only piece of all those big platforms that has that customer interaction, the most important person in the entire deal is an afterthought and just an add on so they can get more subscribers and get more people to stay with their CRM, which I, I'm a believer you have to use a CRM. If you're going to grow a company, have something so you can continue to grow yeah. and do it effectively. Yeah. But it's not the add-on stuff is not designed well. And that's the problem we run into is then it becomes even more confusing for the homeowner. So now we've introduced like an eighth realm of communication because all of a sudden they received a message from 
somebody they don't even know or from a platform saying, hey, this is what's going on with your project. And then they don't even know because chances are the contractor probably didn't even know that something was turned on and going to systematically happen. And we create more confusion because it wasn't designed or developed by people that have felt that pain. Yeah, I totally. Ron, okay, give me one sec. I got I got a segment to do here. We call it history and construction. All right, there's no right or wrong. There's never an exam on this show. It's all good. I, just a little bit of information I want to share. So the construction technology uh, firm Autodesk released a study in 2021 that showed evidence of up to 1.8 trillion, trillion which is not really a big number these days, I guess, because of what's going on, but in losses worldwide in 2020 resulting from data errors such as human error and spreadsheet usage. You believe that, man? That's like that's a lot of lost opportunity. It, uh, it, it, I do believe it because no, it's, it's know really, it. it's unbelievable. The, this bad data may have also been responsible for approximately 14% of all unavoidable unavo- uh, rework, costing nearly $88 billion in additional costs. It's, 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 well, the recent joke that I saw or I heard on a job site was double-double. You're probably not familiar with Tim Hortons or anything like that, but a lot of guys in the trades will always order a double-double. And so now when you do something that has to be done twice, we call it a double-double. That's all it is. It's yeah. a double-double, right? You definitely don't want to have a construction business that's a triple-triple. Um, the study received data from nearly 4,000 construction professionals from around the world with almost 40% of the respondents being general contractors. So this is coming from the GCs directly. 60% of the respondents stated that they highly valued the presence of data management and analyze and skills uh, in their workplace, but only 12% said that they regularly implement strategies to ensure data quality, such as regular data reviews. So that brings me to two questions that I want to ask you, Ron. How were the clients at first when you were introducing this? And how were the tradespeople at first when you were introducing this? How, how Was it a deer in the headlight or was it like embracing going, why didn't someone come up with this sooner? So I, I think you get kind of the split is because you have people that are ready that have been looking for something like this and some people that just say, hey, it's that's how it's always been. Uh, but once you once I get into the weeds and go over exactly what we do and how the platform works, it just makes sense. Uh, but I think one of the biggest st- stigmas around the construction industry is implementation Implementation's hard anywhere, not just the construction industry. So getting people to utilize stuff that does make their life easier, but it's out, it's not what they've always done, is hard no matter what industry you're in. And that comes back to making something that's super simple and does a certain thing. And it's not overcomplicated. So we can get people in there and it's as easy. I like to say, like if you can operate Facebook, you can operate Nutness. Like it's not it's not hard. Like if you can send a message on Facebook, you can send a message on Nutnest. And uh, that customers are ready. I think the biggest thing is customers are, are excited. Homeowner, I guess, let me rephrase that. Homeowners, because that's all customers. Customer is homeowners. They're excited because now they finally have a way that they know where communication is going to go. They have that direct line. This is what they're begging for. When you look at customer reviews and complaints, 
like I said earlier, it never is very rarely. It, it does come up the project or the guys or the work. All the reviews always, man, the communication was horrible. Or I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know who to call. That's what the homeowners are saying. And then from a contractor perspective, I we're seeing great adoption from people that have been in business for 12 months, right around that point where they're like, okay, I know this is a huge problem. I want to nip it in the butt right now because I'm going to continue to grow. That right there, the younger, the younger general contractors and builders that's in that second generation that's coming in and taking over leadership at companies. They're like, sign us up right now. We need to get on this as soon as possible because this is what our company needs to alleviate this. Uh, you know, 35% of ineffic 35% of time on job sites is spent on inefficiencies. I believe it. And most of those, most of those can be tracked back to a communication breakdown. And the last thing we all want is crews sitting at a house because of a question or a miscommunication that could have all been handled beforehand. I mean, you're, you're right, Ron, like contractors, tradespeople, they're at their best when they pre-plan everything and know what the scope of work has done that needs to be done for that day, for that week, for that month. And they, that's what they look for. They look for that rock and roll, that emotion to walk right onto the job site and do the work. They don't want that start, stop, start, stop and confusion. What's just, what's that? What's they want that, Let's just go. Let's just go and get it done. That's it. Do you want to walk everybody through? I'm a client and I just started a job. How does it all work? Walk us through the whole nut nest thing. All right. So you're you're a contractor, correct? Or I'm, are you a homeowner? Make me a client. Make make me a homeowner. Make me a contractor. Make me both. All Split right. my personality, so, hey, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll start with making you a homeowner. So you're a homeowner. How that relationship starts is that builder, contractor, home service provider has you download the NutNest app and you log right in there. They have your information already entered in. So it links directly up. You go in there, say you're having a kitchen renovation done. You would click on that kitchen renovation. It would bring up that feed that Facebook like Instagram feed right there of that project. And then you have the ability to go into uh, any details you we allow or not allow. We have the ability to be able to have pictures, diagrams, contracts, all that stuff uploaded in there. So the customer has the ability to look at that. They can go right in there and then look at the messaging features. So where everything's going to go for communication and they're going to have those channels that we have set up for, hey, installation, production, scheduling, uh, sales questions, service questions, protection, anything like that. So those channels are already set up. The homeowner sees that. So they know where to direct that communication to. They're going to be able to go in and look at your profile, go to your website, uh, be able to look at prior work that you have done. We have a place in there where you can upload featured projects uh, and then also see what all kind of work you do. So as a contractor, you might do a wide range of stuff. You can have all that data in there. So that homeowner might be thinking about another aspect of a project and see, oh, hey, they handle that as well. And then they can request to have you come out right from in the app. Uh, and that's connected to that project. So you already know what kind of work you've done for them before or anything like that. Uh, and then... Is there, sorry, um, is there a limitation uh, on what yeah. you can upload? Can you actually upload the full set of drawings in there if you wanted to? 
Yeah, yeah, you can upload, you can pictures, drawings, uh, or pictures, fires, anything like that. Can you One mark the up the joints? What was that? Can you mark up the drawings as well too? Can you leave little notes, indications, some wish list ideas like that? So you could do that right in that live feed. So say if those drawings come up right there and that homeowner or the contractor wants to shoot that in that live feed with a message under it, yeah. they could easily do that. And that homeowner could also send that picture of the drawings to the appropriate person and say, hey, these are the changes that I'm looking that I think we need to have. So then they get to the right person. That's awesome, man. And then one of the great things, so, and I just found this out recently that this is kind of a headache nowadays with some of the technologies that's being used out there. And so within our messaging feature, it allows the homeowner and contractor to be able to take pictures real time and upload those into either that, that live feed channel or in the messaging channels. So pictures or videos. Uh, so that stuff gets uploaded and come to find out a lot of the stuff out there, it requires a picture to be saved and then refound and uploaded up in there. All stuff works. Just like I said, just like a, a Facebook messenger, iMessenger, like it, it's designed to be super simple, but it does allow you to say that homeowner asks a question and you're the contractor and you don't want to type everything out because it's going to get really complicated. You can shoot a little 30 second video send that right in that chat channel. So then that homeowner has that, it's saved forever in that core spot, in the in the messaging. So you have that reference forever in there and the homeowner gets it. They can watch that video in real time. And then it's an answer to their question. That's probably a lot clearer than anything that could have been typed out. How does, um, I'm the homeowner, how do I find that message or that picture, that video? Let's say it was taken at the very first week of the job and now I'm into week 10 of the job. How do I find that video? Can I just type in a description of that video? Yeah, so what you would do from that is from your live feed down at, down at the bottom where you would go into the messaging channels, you can go into project details. When you would hit that, it would have a spot to open up all attachments and photos that have been added to that project. Okay, I got it, all right. And now, so you've got the homeowner now, can you get both homeowners on it there? Can you get their kids, their dog, everybody's on there? Or is like, are you limiting? Like, is it just point people, key people? Key people. So when we talk clarity and making sure that people were on the same page, uh, we don't need a ton of people involved. So we need the decision makers. Uh, we're limiting it at two people on there because otherwise it can get really confusing because the last thing you need is a kid or somebody else or the neighbors speaking up about something that doesn't even involve them. Uh, so we wanna make sure that just as much as we're directing that communication from the homeowner to the contractor, we want to make sure that contractor is getting good data with who they're talking to. Now, is there a limitation? Are you all cloud-based? Is that why you're, how are you able to upload so much information as you go along with the feed? Yeah, everything's just, as far as I understand, it's up in the cloud. I'm not, I don't build it. I have, we have a team that does all of that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, they've set it up. So it's I wish I could answer that for no, you. No, it's like like I said, trust I'm me, Ron. I don't know that shit either, man. Like <laughs> I, that's I, I just know make it work and then it's working. 
That's it. So now on the contractor's side, so that's the actual homeowner side, but on the contractor's side, how many contractors can you attach to this to have communication with the homeowner? Or how many should so, you? So, yeah, hey, so that's unlimited and that's completely up to the contractor as you add those users on there and that the the overseeing body, so the owner, the one that's in charge of this, they decide who sees what and who has access to what channels of communication. So that's completely up to the contractor. What I always recommend is I think as we start out, the contractor should be involved in all of them, the head oversee. Cause so you, then you can start to get a feel for what does my communication even look like when you have other people that are doing it. So keeping an eye on all of that. And I don't, I don't think you should have more than one or two people that are responsible for a certain channel uh, because then it once again starts to become a problem of, oh, I think John's going to answer that, so I'm not going to answer. We want to create some accountability there that when that customer reaches out, they're going to be getting an answer and they're going to be getting the correct answer. So uh, you can kind of change, you know, change the channels around, create what works best and assign that to the appropriate people at your company. So what's what's the adoption been like? Is it pretty easy to learn this? I mean, because we all know that tradespeople have a hard time kind of with new technology, right? I mean, I, I'm sure they all have smartphones now, but a, a small percentage probably still has flip phones, right? So it's just like, yep. is it hard? Is it a hard platform to learn, to easy to pick it up or what? Yeah, it's super easy. Like I said, it's all my my goal from the beginning and what I preached to the development team was just keep it simple. Like we don't have to revolutionize how communication is happening. We just have to revolutionize where it's happening and how it's being directed. Like we want something that anybody can jump on and operate within 60 seconds of being on there going, oh yeah, this all makes sense. Like stuff's where it should be. We don't have a bunch of clutter on there that just directs people to anywhere. It, it just, all it works very seamlessly. I would say if you're using a flip phone, phone and stuff, you're probably not our ideal client. <laughs> like that, that's just not, probably not the market that uh, we're looking to go into. So we're, we're looking for people that are wanting to move into technology. The biggest trends coming out of 2022 into 2023 is technology and technology adaption in construction. And I think we'll start to see more of that because I think as I've been doing this, I've met some other people that are like myself where you're in the, they were in the industry and they moved into this side of it. So I think we're finally starting to see people from within the industry start to put out some solutions that are going to be easily to be adaptable in work on a daily basis for contractors because that's what they're built for. Can you share with us what version of the app that you're at right now? Because I can only assume you and the team are working on newer versions and newer ideas and keeps on expanding and, and trying to add more value. Yeah, absolutely. We're on the very first version of it right now. Okay. So we're continuing to collect data and continuing to, like you said, what what features could be added? What could be changed around? Uh, I did, I forgot to mention earlier, so we do have a refer feature on there. So the, co the contractor can put in where they want to direct refers. And when a project wraps up, it automatically pushes a notification to that homeowner to go on and leave a review for where that contractor is getting the most value to have those reviews sent. And that's all automated right in the app. 
So it's all automatically connected to other review platforms? No. So they put the link in to where they want that oh, customer to go. It. Okay. And then we send a notification to that homeowner once the project's complete, but they can, they pick and choose. So it's not like, we're not saying you have to use a singular review plan. Like you have to have a review left on the NutNest platform. We allow that contractor to direct that to whether it's the Better Business Bureau, Google, Facebook, wherever they're getting the most value. And we automatically make sure that connection happens with the homeowner like after that. the project's finished. Yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. So as probably a lot of Americans don't realize in the beginning when I was doing the show, they didn't realize I was in Toronto. I was in Canada. I'm not a U.S.-based contractor. I've got a lot of respect for U.S.-based contractors and contractors all over the world. So have you guys gone into the Canadian market? Is anybody in Canada using NutNest right now or even outside of Europe, like anywhere? Or is it just right now? So we're, on we're solely in the United States right now working towards Canada. I have some really good relationships with some guys over in Canada, uh, being that, you know, I was up in Michigan as well as it, it's a very comparable market, as yeah. you understand. And I have met a couple of people over in Europe. I, that's going to be farther down the pipeline than Canada is going to be. Uh, Canada is probably going to be with all, within the realm in the next 12 months. Nice. That's, that's good to hear, man. So when you're talking to other contractors outside of the U.S., are we all in the same boat? We're all in the same boat. That's the the, the general consensus that I get. Yeah, when especially when I'm talking to people in Canada, it's all it's all the same. It's the same same problems, same issues, and that that's what I get out of it. All right, so Ron, I got another segment here. We call it the OBC Talk, which is the Ontario Building Code, but it's not that much different from the Building Code down in in the states or across Canada. I wanted to share some information about flooding and building in areas where floods are common. Uh, so just some things to consider: must withstand vertical and horizontal hydrostatic pressures acting on the structure. So everyone doesn't realize that that's that's actually affecting that. Flood proofing measures in place around ex exits and means of egress. So you got to get out of this situation. Uh, floors on ground must be cast in place concrete slabs with required systems of membrane waterproofing providing between two layers of concrete, each of which shall not less than 75 millimeters thick and the floor membrane mopped to the wall membrane to form a complete seal. We're very familiar with that up in Canada here and also out west in Vancouver. They've got very strict waterproofing and mother nature protection there waterproofing is also required for below ground walls where the exterior finished ground level is at a higher elevation than the ground level inside the foundation walls and then these walls shall be covered with no fewer than two layers of uh, bitumen saturated membrane with each layer cemented in place with bitumen and coated overall with a heavy coating of bitumen so ron that was obc talk where do you want to go from here man what else don't we know about nut nest Huh? I think we're doing just continue to grow. We got some really good strategic partnerships that are coming down the pipeline that in the next about 30 to 60 days, we're going to be making some announcements that we're partnering with uh, some pretty big names out there and some other technology firms as well to continue to grow and get our name out there. I mean, that's what it's about is I can't help people with communication if they don't know who I am. That's true. Are you guys planning? I know CES is coming up in early January next year in Vegas there. 
any are you guys gonna go attend or check it out or what's happening because that's yeah absolutely i was i was just on the website before we got on this and uh so yeah we're planning on going over to that stuff and having some conversations with some people so where's can you give us some highlight into the construction industry in the U.S.? What are what's the overall mood that you guys got going on down there regarding where what twenty twenty three is going to be like for construction, residential? We're uh, talking residential here. Yeah, right. Right now, I mean it's crazy. People are booked out so long that I don't even know if people are thinking about what that looks like. You know, there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces with what's happening in the worded right now. And where things are headed is, but contractors and general contractors and builders are just booked because people are still building. They're still doing renovations. I think we're definitely seeing a big turn in the residential renovation market because with the interest rates going way up, more people are looking at how can they just get more value out of their houses. So I'm seeing a lot of growth. Everybody I talk to is growing like crazy. Like, Every day they're like, oh, this is like, everything's just moving forward. I'm adding projects on every week. I just keep getting farther and farther booked out. I can't get guys in fast enough to do the work. So you know what? I'm hearing the exact same thing, which is a good thing, but I'm always cautious and I tell the tradespeople, especially the younger ones, understand or at least respect the fact that you might be booked out and you're like totally busy and everything like that, but don't ever forget about the rearview mirror and you're making money. You got to understand that you sh you could be booked all you want, but if you're not making money, then there's no purpose in being booked all the time. Stay focused on that. And it kind of brought up a, a conversation I was having this morning when I was traveling into the core and I was talking to a tradesperson friend of mine. And all of a sudden he was telling me that he's on a job. He gets there. He's asked to get there to do scope. He arrives and the previous scope is not ready for him. So he can't do the work now. So now he has to leave. The site super didn't communicate with him and tell him that it wasn't ready. So he was telling me about that experience. Then he was telling me about another mirrored experience. And it's a constant battle. And I'm wondering, is there plans for Nutness to be within traits? Because there is such bad communication between the GC and the tradespeople, and they forget to tell this tile setter is you're, it's not ready for you. It's ready for you next week. Is there a way that you guys can help these connections, these communications? Yeah, so absolutely. We're working on what that looks like for Nutness from a commercial perspective. Because I came from the residential order, and then as I've been doing this, what you're saying is what I'm hearing is, hey, we need this to help run our projects as well. We understand that there has to be a relationship between the customer and the contractor, but we also need a centralized platform to be able to talk to our subs. And that's that's coming down the pipeline. Let me just say that. We're, we're in the works of putting I'm all glad. of that together. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, what we have, we're like about 85% there. There's just a certain a couple of different things that just have to be tweaked in order to make it so it's more effective for a commercial aspect where you have subcontractors and you have a property owner and then a general contractor as well. But uh, what you're saying is exactly what I'm hearing. We're hearing that. I'm taking, you know, we're, we're taking that right into mind. How can we continue to help communication in the construction industry because at the end of the day that's the goal that's my mission that's my passion i want to put 
all of this to the wayside. This status quo of that communications, just whatever it is on the job site or between customers and contractors, I believe it, it doesn't have to be that way. We can put a, a, something in place that fixes it and it makes everybody's life a lot more enjoyable. Now, we just met, Ron. Like, so this is the very first time we've been talking quite a bit on uh, communication through LinkedIn and through emails and things like that. And I'm not saying that I've been a fly on your wall and I haven't eavesdropped on any communication, but I want to ask you something and you can answer it or not answer it or just leave it quiet or whatever. Are there any yeah. plans to make payments connected to this platform? Is that a possibility to kind of, I know here in Canada, every trace person is really appreciating e-transfers and having digital payments taken care of and not having to worry with a check show up on Friday and then having to go to the bank or whatever. Everything's just done electronically really quickly, right? So I'm wondering, yep. is that eventually something that you guys are looking at to make the payment process just as easy as the communication process? Yeah, so I think as we continue to grow and we continue to look at what could possibly fit in very well with what we're doing, that could be an option down the road. I'm not going to say no and I'm not going to say yes because our main focus right now is making sure we deliver on our promise that we're fixing the communication breakdown. We want to make sure we're really good at that. And then with that communication is I'm really good at listening to what the contractors are saying, what are the builders saying and figuring out what tweets can we make as we roll into different versions and we continue to grow this. If that's something we're hearing and it, it makes sense from a business standpoint, then yeah, I don't see why we couldn't, but we just want to make sure, or I personally want to make sure that we're delivering on what we're saying we're going to do before we start saying we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Because when I talk about like Silicon Valley and all these tech firms that get in and they build all this stuff, yes, it's huge, it's robust, it does all these amazing things, but a lot of times does it do what it's meant to do to begin with? And that's, that's what I want to make sure we're really good at. That's true. And the only reason I bring that up is because payment of services that have been performed is definitely a part of communication. And you not Absolutely. paying the tradesperson is also a form of poor communication, Communication, right? So I'm just like, listen, it's, it's the elephant in the room. Let's just address it. The work was done. Clients are happy. Homeowners happy. Tradesperson needs to be compensated, period. And that's all. Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, if in the future it made sense for us to be able to move that right in there as a notification and push that over there. Uh, as you can tell, it has been talked about, it, but it's not it. something that uh, at this point in time we're making the move on. Now, I mean, is it just plans for English? Or are you guys going to expand it to different languages because not every homeowner speaks English? You know, is that a possibility as well, too? Yeah, absolutely. So my goal is to make sure to get the the translator and everything set up in there. So that kind of stuff automatically happens. So whether it's going from Spanish to English or English to any other language that's out there, that translation is automatically happening and that becomes a setting for the user to be able to set that up. Uh, but yeah, definitely that's, I, I feel like that is definitely a need and something that we're definitely going to be doing. I think it's valuable. I think it's extremely valuable because I think that a lot of homeowners will hire somebody that speaks their language, so to speak, and uh, they'll probably prefer it too for better communication. So why not have that yeah. extension of it, right? Absolutely. 
So I also want to, do you want to let everybody know what the cost is associated with this? Like, how does it all work? It's a, a monthly. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a monthly subscription for the contractors. We're $97 a month uh, from one to five projects and $197 a month from limited projects. Nice, man. That's not crazy. That's not insane at all. No, no. When it when it comes to technology and the construction industry, we're like nothing. Like it, it's unbelievable what people charge for their software and stuff. But you know, all go is to get this in users' hands and help solve this problem. And uh, we want to make sure that we're priced to where we can do that. It should be available to everybody. Is there a bunch of swag? You guys give out swag to anybody? Some caps or some t-shirts or some little stickers or put it on uh, their, their work fans or anything like that? Is that all part of it or no? Not yet. Not not at this time. I'm working on getting some t-shirts and stickers and stuff made up. That's uh, something my wife really wants. And uh, you get a personalized card from me. So I send out <laughs> postcard. Like you get you get a note from me, Ron Newsbaum, welcoming you to the Nutnest team uh, when you sign up. Nice. Nice. Okay, one more segment, Ron. So I want to talk a little bit of Green Book Talk, which is safety talk OSHA for you guys down there. Ours is Green Book up here. Uh, lack <laughs> of or poor, poor communication can result in an even and even be a sign of unsafe practices, which is 100%. If you're not communicating, something can go wrong and someone can get hurt. Uh, should such unsafe practices be the extent of breaking one of the regulations outlined in OSHA, each of these actions are considered aggravating factors in determining the penalty. Uh, the defendant's actions resulted in death, serious injury, or illness. The defendant acted recklessly without remorse or otherwise acts with an, an element of moral blameworthiness. The defendant's motivation was to decrease costs or increase revenue. We've never seen that on a job site. Uh, the defendant disregarded an inspector's order. So just basically common sense at that point. Just run a tight ship. Be safe. Be careful. Everybody starts the day. Everybody ends the day. That's all it is, man. So uh, anything else, Ron, that you want to chat about that we haven't discussed? I think we've talked a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I feel good about our conversation. I think we got a lot out on the table today. Nice. Have you been hitting other podcasts and getting the information out there? I can only assume that you've been and trying to get the word yeah, out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, uh, I'm on the construction podcast guest roulette wheel at this point in time. And, uh, I'm just out there doing the circuit and talking because that's what it's about is getting, getting the information out there and having good conversations around communication. Uh, my mission is to help 5 million contractors with communication or uh, let me rephrase that 5 million people in the construction industry with communication. It's, it's kind of changed with the move into the commercial aspect of things. And that doesn't just come from the nut nest platform for me that comes from doing podcasts and having a conversation like what we just have or speaking live or being on panels or doing one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and just talking about how we can be better communicators. Uh, so this is a great outlet to be able to do that and, you know, add value for people and continue to help people grow. Do you guys have the data, Ron? Do you have the data on how many contractors, tradespeople there are in the U S uh, I do not have that data. I probably should. I was just but curious. I know I have I, it somewhere. I know here in Canada, we're at 38 million population, which is pretty much California. Uh, but we're at 38 million and there's 1.8 million that are in some sort of 
level of construction, whether that be residential, commercial, industrial, uh, 1.8 million of the 38 million are actually in construction. So I know that the U.S. I think is a little bit higher, um, <laughs> a little bit higher. So probably like what I'm saying, I, I'm guessing you guys might be around 12 or 13 million, might even be more, to be honest, across America. Yeah, I think it's it's more than that because, I mean, we have about 350 million people in yeah. the United States. Yeah. Awesome, man. I just Is there anything else that we want to touch upon before I get into no, the 12 questions? No, I'm good to go. No? What well, I do, hey, if, if, I, if it's an open book for me to be able to ask questions. Oh, go ahead. What, Shoot, guy you started, what got you started in the podcast? I... I was reluctant to do the podcast at first because I was attached to my thought process was this is a shitload of work and it is a shitload of work. It's, it's like a lot of work to like meet people like yourself and talk to other people and then get them on the show, play somewhat a guidance counselor. Oh, I don't want to be on. I'm insecure. I'm really shy. I don't want to do it. And then you try to tell everybody, listen, everybody that comes on the show, they always say that it's lots of fun and they enjoy it and talk about construction. So, and then there's the technical side of things. And, and honestly, Ron, like the, it all goes right back to when I got into construction, I wanted to change the industry. As naive as that is, I wanted to change the industry, right? So I figured, let me figure out how can I do that? And, and podcast was the, the natural thing that I could do to change the industry. And I mean, I've had a lot of fun. I've done a lot of shows and I'm on my way to doing a lot more shows. And I just want to continuously speak to tradespeople from all over the world and get their insight into this industry. And if one person can educate, inspire, and share with somebody else from halfway around the world or in the same country, the same neighborhood, then I'm doing my job. That's all it is, right? So I'm just giving a platform to everybody that's in this industry to share what they've learned. That's it, including myself. But I've already shared quite a bit, and now I want to get other people to share their details. Yeah, that's awesome. And Manny, I can tell you one thing. You're definitely doing that. Like I said, <laughs> Thanks, I spent man. some time listening to some of the podcasts, and uh, you're doing a fantastic job, and I love it. it it's, it's very educationer and entertaining at the same time. And I think that's the magic that happens on your show. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. All right. We're doing well. So you ready for the 12 questions here? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite construction word, Ron? I would say blueprint. Sorry? Blueprint. Oh, blueprint. Uh, yeah. What is your least favorite construction word? <laughs> Change order. <laughs> Join the club. What turns you yeah, on? I was say you probably you probably get that one a lot. A lot, a lot, including from myself. What turns you on in construction? The opportunities. What turns you off in construction? Uh, I, the misconception that everyone has around the construction industry. What is your favorite curse word or phrase? Uh, I don't necessarily have a favorite one. I think they all have a place and a time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. What is your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world. Doesn't have to be construction related. 72 Chevelle. Oh, there you go. What color? White. White. What's the interior? I'm curious. Uh, just black. Just black, eh? Nice. I can't yeah. really picture it. What's your they're, just, they're mean. They I just know. look mean. You I don't know. have to do anything special. <laughs> you just got to hear it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. What is your least favorite vehicle? A uh, Ford Mustang. Wow, you just flipped sides there. Recent, like new ones or old ones? No, new ones. I'm just not really a big fan of Mustangs, Got I guess. <laughs> you just made Born some and friends. raised a GM guy. Yeah. 
what construction? None of it matters. I, I drive a Ford truck now. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? Jackhammer. You love it? Yeah, it's. I was around it for a lot of years, and there, you know, there's nothing like walking on the job site hearing that metal hit that concrete. What construction sound or noise do you hate? The the beeping of a truck backing up. I know, I know. I, uh, that that's been brought up a few times. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt now that you've gone from marine to contractor to now app developer? What are you gonna? What's what's in store? What else you want to try to do? Uh, I would like to uh, run or start up a nonprofit for veterans. Nice. Very, very nice, man. That's very cool. They don't get enough respect, man. I'm just going to say that. I'm sorry. They don't get enough respect. What yeah, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot that could be improved in that industry as well. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. What profession would you not like to do? Well, after my audition on the beginning of the show, singing. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, Ron, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Come on in. That's all. That's all you need to hear, man. That's amazing. That's all you need to hear. So, Ron, one more time, just uh, share out the deets. Let everybody know the website and contact information. And, and uh, you can find the app on Android or uh, on Apple. And uh, go. Shoot. Yeah, absolutely. So once again, I'm Ron Nussbaum, CEO, co-founder of NutNest. It's been a pleasure to be here today on the Construction Life podcast. And you can find me at nutnest.com uh, and on any major social media platforms. Nice. Thanks, Ron. We we are all done. We're done. That's it. Painless, man. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Once we got through that song. <laughs> Ron, thanks so much, man. I'll let you know. We'll chat soon. We'll talk over DMs on, on uh, IG or, or on LinkedIn, and we'll go from there, man. Sounds fantastic. I look forward to it, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Ron. All right, take care. We'll talk soon.